But yeah, so uh, if you go to our TikTok, you'll see the thread of a few videos and plenty of comments about all the complaints people had. And a lot of people were putting the blame on the builders, which I found very amusing. One thing I cannot stand is people who put blame on other people rather than taking responsibility for themselves. And in many of these cases, had these people have actually taken the initiative to uh, either measure their vehicle before they bought it or measure their parking spaces before they bought the house, they would have realized whether or not the house could suit their parking needs, which is easy to avoid. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 143 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel. He's Adrian. Today, we're talking about something that got a little heated again with your friggin' AirPods. No, no, it's working. I just, on, all of a sudden, man. I Get heard like this, this really uh, electronic y type of sound and it flipped between, you know, these AirPods are a pain in the ass. I, I made a phone call this morning on my phone and I was connected to my AirPods and then. 10 seconds into my phone call while I'm chatting with the person, my MacBook picks up and I'm like, come on, Apple, get your shit together. AirPod, the AirPod Pro 3s are coming out next month. So maybe it's time to upgrade. Anyways, today we are talking about a heated topic from one of our TikTok posts. If you don't already follow us on TikTok, um, we're posting a little bit of different stuff on there. Uh, some great content. Would love you guys to follow us and uh, chime in. Um, and what thing I love about TikTok, talking to- about chiming in, is that's a lot of what that community is. People do chime in. People comment a lot more than other platforms, and yeah. it really gets interesting conversations going. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, totally off topic, but I think if you are in business, I'll say in business, not necessarily just a realtor. If you're selling shoes or you're a dentist or whatever, um, you kind of have to be everywhere now, right? Like if you think about online marketing back in 2010, we'll say 10 roughly 10 years ago, it was all about Facebook. You had to be on Facebook, a little bit of YouTube, you still had to be dominant in SEO searches on Google and things like that, but very basic stuff, uh, very manageable stuff. If you're, you know, if you're hustling now, you know, you've got TikTok, you've got Instagram, you've got the stories. Like there's Instagram, that's fine. You can be on the Instagram. Well, feed. you got stories. Now you've got Instagram feed, stories. Reels. You've got reels. It's like you've got IGTV. Yeah, you can uh, repurpose stuff, but you also need some, you know, uh, uh, unique content for each platform too, because you have different demographics. It's a lot of work, and, and you know, LinkedIn. There's there's all these areas as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, that you kind of have to be. And um, well, I think that's why we do so well with um, with our marketing, with our properties. Why why people contact us is because they they see this. Um, and they know that we were kind of everywhere. And speaking of which, we're everywhere in terms of listening to your podcast. So if you're listening, uh, you can listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever. Um, make sure that um, not only you're commenting and giving us suggestions for other topics, but that you uh, like and subscribe. And if you're watching, because you can watch this podcast 
by going to ktconfidential.ca. It'll take you right to the YouTube playlist for all of our KT uh, Confidential episodes, so all other 142 episodes. You can watch them back if you like to see these beautiful faces and put us up on your TV. I do have clients. I think I've told you that before. They actually throw it up on their Apple TV at night and watch us together. Well, then we need so, to improve our cameras because these aren't pushing out the quality for big screens. We need to get those. Uh, I was looking at them recently, I, the little clip-on I, cameras. I told you that many, many months ago and you told me, yeah, this is, this is good enough. Anyways, no. uh, today's topic is parking, 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 parking. And yeah, so uh, to elaborate I, on that, I, I laugh elab- at a lot of the comments that you got on TikTok from your post about, I don't know how that started. Oh, you commented on somebody I, else's post. I stitched the video. Off. So for those of you not familiar with TikTok, stitching is where you take a post that someone else has made. It uh, basically previews 15 seconds of that clip. You can select the, the, the area of 15 seconds that you want in the timeline, and then you record your video afterwards. So in this case, there was a guy in Brampton who has, I I mean, I couldn't see the full house, but from what I could see, it looked like uh, what we refer to as a rear lane townhome. So they're uh, three-story townhomes and they have a double car garage in the backyard uh, or in the back of the house rather. And, And that's their parking is the double car garage. Now, depending on where you buy, some of these will also have a small little paved pad just outside of the garage, uh, which some people can use for parking if it's big enough. His complaint was that he had pulled his big SUV, looked like a Jeep Cherokee or some big, you know, full-size SUV out. And uh, it was hanging over the end of the driveway and he got a ticket. So he was going on and on complaining about these damn tickets and how, Uh, It wasn't fair. And I found it amusing because he has a double car garage and that's what that is for. So what I wanted to chat about was the importance of knowing what you're buying as a buyer. I I have a double car garage and right now neither of my cars can get in there. Well, he has the same uh, parking as you basically in a different configuration. Like he could, I mean, if he had a smaller car, he could get four cars there. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't make out exactly what the um, what the driveway was. You well, know, it was a, just it was just was a little bit too short for what he needed for his vehicle. Yeah, if your car is hanging over the sidewalk, don't complain. Like one of my pet peeves is when I'm walking, especially with the kids, um, and you see this all the time with pickup trucks. Well, they got that damn trailer hitch. Uh, they got the trailer hitch that sticks out and like, you know, if you're not paying attention, you're going to take off your knee. Yeah. Uh, But even the bed of the truck is overhanging into the uh, sidewalk and nothing pisses me off more than in the winter when that happens. And all of a sudden you're walking or your dog has to walk in the snowbank or your kids have to go around and, you know, it's it's kind of rude yeah Um, but a lot so there's so many things that we can talk about with parking and there's a couple of tips that i've got that when you are buying a home to kind of keep in mind the first thing you got to keep in mind 
is your garage. What is going to be your intended use for the garage? Because some people, well, like yourself, you're not parking in your garage right now. You have no room. And you've got yeah. a full car, small car, not a technically a two full car. Not It is a double car garage, but. I've, I've put, I can put them built. If I really wanted to, I could put both in there. I used to. And my other car was similar size to the one I have now. It was tight. But if you, but if you but, had two vans, you wouldn't be able to. That would be very tight. Very I, don't, tight. I don't think so I could do that. My point is you have to know what your intended use of the garage is going to be. And are your vehicles going to fit? How are they going to fit? And do you have any intentions of changing your vehicles? As an example, you've talked about buying a pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Will a pickup truck fit in your garage? No, but I wouldn't park it in my garage. So one of my considerations will be when I find the one that I would seriously consider is measuring it and seeing how it fits in my driveway because uh, there are some that are a very tight fit. My dad has a big truck. He parks in the driveway occasionally. And uh, I know that he gets fairly close to the sidewalk. I don't think it'll be a problem, but it's definitely something that I would take into consideration. And, you know, the guy that was on that TikTok video, if I'm sure he, maybe he, I don't know if he bought the car before he got the house or after he got the house, but nevertheless, um, before one of the purchases, he should have measured to make sure it was a good option for him. Well, and find out what the bylaws are of that municipality. Yes. And and that's a big mistake of a lot of purchasers. So that's one of my recommendations is looking into wherever you're buying what is considered a ticket because if you're parking on the street as an example, right? Cuz if you have a single car garage home and a single car driveway and you've got two vehicles in the household, there's a good chance at some point during the week, one of those vehicles is going to end up on the side of the road because you don't want to do the, the shuffle of the cars each and every time. So, you know, husband or whatever, one of the spouses goes and parks on the driveway or on the roadside and puts it there at one o'clock in the afternoon and says, oh, you know, I'll just move it back in after dinner or before bed and goes out there and finds a parking ticket. Well, maybe you could only park on the side of the road for four hours or five hours or whatever. A lot of intricacies into parking and bylaws of, of where you can and cannot park and, and whatnot. Um, as an example, there are certain um, municipalities that if your home is within a certain distance from an intersection, that even though, I'll give you an example. Let's say I think there's Milton a, is 50 feet, I think. Meters. 50 meters, sorry. Um, that's a let's lot. Say, let's say your home is, well, that's four houses, five houses. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 50 meters. Now you got me second guessing. No, myself. I think you're probably right because the other measurements that I know of are done in meters. So. So uh, using Milton as an example with this 50 meters, if your home is on a corner, let's say you got the corner lot and there's no sidewalk and you got a double car garage, that means theoretically you could probably park four vehicles. You could fit four Corollas in your driveway. And I'm using this as an example because I'm thinking of a home in our neighborhood that it drives me nuts when they do this. but. I haven't complained and I won't. Um, 
okay, I'll use it as an example. So at the end of our street, there's a stop sign. And there's a busy road, Liederman Drive. And when you look to your right, you can see everything pretty well. But when you look to your left, any cars coming in your direction can be obstructed if, in the event, the first two or three homes have decided to park towards their, the end of their driveway. Yes. So when you're trying to see if it's clear that you can make a left-hand turn. You got to get halfway into the lane. You got to get into the road to be able to see past those cars. Um, and it's unsafe. It's yeah. unsafe. And technically, um, they cannot park there. So can you imagine? Well, so that, the One thing I'm not sure about with that, though, is so if you look at, um, like I've read through the bylaws and it specifies in Milton again, um, being specific, that I can't find anything that says you have to stay a certain distance from the end, except for when it refers to the boulevard. But the boulevard is only the part on the opposite side of the sidewalk. So I don't see anything that says um, if you don't have a sidewalk, you still have to park X amount of meters away from the road. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's very vague in saying that if it's a, an obstruction. Oh, I see. So, and it's pretty well on a complaint basis. Like there's nobody well, driving Well, most of these are because... Yeah. You can't park on boulevards, basically, period, anywhere, because none of them accommodate the rules. I read it the other day. You have to be three meters off of the road if you're parking on the boulevard. There are no boulevards in anywhere in the last 10 years, basically, in a house built in Milton, where you'd got enough room to be three meters away from the curb. Three um, meters away puts you in my bathroom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but there's tons of people parking on the boulevard. So, you know, nobody, not many people will get in trouble until somebody complains. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, one person was saying they have a big problem with parking because of basement apartments, illegal basement apartments. Um, so that's interesting because one of the rules uh, for basement apartments to be legal is they have to have three legal parking spaces in order to accommodate that extra dwelling and additional person. Uh, so when people start throwing up all these illegal basement apartments, there's nowhere to park. Well, and then what you see, and you have to be extremely cognizant and aware, especially if you're buying a home that has this, if there is an extension of some kind to the driveway, whether it's by asphalt or by um, creative hardscaping, like, um, you know, a patio stone kind of thing, um, is it permitted? Is it allowed? Because a lot of the ones that I see, they use up all the grass and most of the time it's not even nice, right? Like they're getting this big concrete lab thrown in there so they can have an additional parking space. But meanwhile, it, it doesn't line up with the requirements. Well, because you can only have a certain percentage, I believe, of the front yard hardscaped correct correct now some people will get away with being creative on it um i don't know somebody randomly at my door excuse me yeah 
Keep, keep talking about parking. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's not very often when you're at the cottage, you get someone knocking on the door. Maybe it's a, a vacuum sales, door-to-door salesman. That's too funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you go to our TikTok, you'll see the thread of a few videos and plenty of comments about all the complaints people had. And a lot of people were putting the blame on the builders, which I found very amusing. One thing I cannot stand is people who put blame on other people rather than taking responsibility for themselves. And in many of these cases, had these people have actually taken the initiative to uh, either measure their vehicle before they bought it or measure their parking spaces before they bought the house, they would have realized whether or not the house could suit their parking needs, which is easy to avoid. Did you buy a vacuum? When was the last time somebody went selling vacuums door to door? You're aging yourself, my friend. I know. No, um, I get the uh, property sprayed on a regular basis for mosquitoes and ticks. Yeah. And they were supposed to come on Friday, but it was raining on Friday. So they rescheduled to today. And normally they just come and spray. But I guess because he saw my car up at the driveway, you know, from the door to ask if it's okay if he, if he sprayed. Very nice of them. Really good service, by the way. Um, it's called Mosquito Buzz. I'd be concerned that it's toxic or something. So the one that we get is a non-toxic application. Yeah. Um, and the the base of it is actually garlic and garlic oil. Yeah. Um, very, very faint smell, but it's not toxic. They uh, They spray it without masks. It's a fogging machine. They go around all the dense areas or anywhere that could be breeding mosquitoes or ticks, and they spray. Uh, they do three tick applications through the summer and then uh, monthly for the mosquitoes. I haven't had a mosquito bite in a long time. Really? It yeah, yeah. It doesn't do wow. anything against black flies, horse flies, um, but uh, mosquitoes, it does... Uh, does a great job. So it's a good, good investment. If you own a rural property, even I'm, I was thinking of getting it at home because we have um, the cedars and, and more dense backyard than, than most now. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities and the kids pool is out there. So when you have still water, you know, more opportunity for mosquitoes to breed. Um, so I thought of even getting it sprayed at home, but you own a rural property of any kind. Um, it's a it's a pretty good investment if you don't like uh, getting bug bites. Well, makes that. Bites are bad this year, so Tessa gets uh, bad reactions to mosquito bites, so she always um, sometimes blisters up depending on what the bite is actually. Oh, but really? with mosquitoes, she usually just swells up quite a bit. Is that it for the parking chat? Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the premise of it is just you know. The, I was just saying when you left that the majority of people on there were blaming builders for not building large enough parking spaces, which drives me mad when people don't take responsibility for their mistakes because it's the people that need to do their due diligence. And on that note, it's the real estate agents helping them because, you know, as real estate agents ourselves, if, if parking, I mean, parking is always a, a topic of discussion when we're helping people purchase homes. But, you know, if it's, if we determine that it is, you know, really important uh, to them uh, and we'll find out what their needs are, it's always something that we address up front. Well, here's a message to 
anybody renting a home as well, or more specifically, renting a condo, an apartment. Because we see this all the time. We have a condo for rent, and it's got one parking space, but the tenants have two cars. And yeah. they see all this visitor parking or whatever, all these open spaces that aren't tagged with a number. And they just think they're magically going to slip that other car in and, and everything's going to be fine. Um, and it may be for a month or two or maybe a year yeah. or two. But yeah. at some point, when yeah. it becomes well, an issue. Don't, don't be surprised if you come down and your car is gone. It wasn't stolen. It's at the pound because yeah. the condo management company got a complaint or they caught on to you. Well, and to that point too, and, uh, you can't. There's certain types of vehicles that can't be parked in certain areas. Whether mm-hmm. we're talking freehold homes, like uh, I have a. Do you remember Mike, the tint guy from the dealership back in the day? Yes, yes. So he he has a Sprinter or had a Sprinter. Last time I chatted with him, um, he had a Sprinter and it was a tall version of the Sprinter, and it exceeded the uh, allowable height of a vehicle in a residential driveway. So his neighbors complained. Um, and I don't know what came of it, but, um, uh, you're, you can't just park whatever you want in your driveway, you know? Um, so you make sure you know what you're getting into. And when it comes to condos, there, there's even more requirements. Like you can't have certain types of commercial vehicles. You can't have a motorcycle and a car in the parking spot. Like there are rules around parking wherever you are, condo or freehold. And, uh, before you buy a vehicle or a house, Make sure that it works with your parking arrangements. Well, and, you know, one thing that we don't talk about often enough is the legalities and that due diligence ahead of time, right? Like you're just assuming a lot. And that's what happens. A lot of realtors, they they assume that, it's okay, or they assume there's more parking available, or they assume that well, you gotta you gotta be clear and and make sure that it like to your point that it's all above water. Otherwise, you you end yeah. up you end up. Well, there in- was one person that commented that kind of uh, fits into that where they commented and they were laughing, saying, "Ha ha ha! You're a real estate agent. You wouldn't uh, 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 like basically." cancel or, or ruin a deal uh, over some, you know, parking. So you're basically saying you wouldn't advise a client not to buy a house because the parking wasn't suitable, implying that this, the real estate agent uh, or maybe generalizing saying real estate agents in general have, bad, have selfish intentions of putting a deal together to get paid. But there's been many cases where, uh, I mean, it's quite the opposite for us anyways. I can't speak for everybody, but I assume most agents are the same and and making sure that you know, if they show a house and it doesn't suit a certain need that they know their client has, of course, they're going to bring it to their attention. It doesn't mean that, that their client won't make a concession and, and, and forego that feature or say, okay, well, I can make do with this uh, because, you know, people often buy things that they didn't originally set out to, but that's always something we discuss. Parking or anything, like some people may want a four bedroom, they end up buying a three bedroom. They make that decision. They are aware of it. We bring it to their attention and they make a decision. Well, um, thanks for chatting about parking today. It wasn't, I know you didn't want uh, to, you said it was boring. Oh, it was kind of boring. I don't know if, if, if somebody has listened to this 
up until now and found this exhilarating, please let me know or if you have any comments, ideas, or questions, uh, leave it in the comments. Um, well, Jen in our office will have something to say because Jen often gets, I don't know if she still is, but she used to blame, get parking. Don't blame that realtor. <laughs> she used to get park. Well, they changed their vehicles uh, during that time. They bought a big pickup truck and now have an SUV. So between the two, uh, parking is tight. And they don't, I don't think they use their oh, garage. They they set up their garage as kind of um, not a living room, but a yeah. living space. Like they sit in there, they watch TV and they chill out there because uh so that's the price they pay coming. yeah she complains about parking tickets all the time so jen start parking in your try in your garage yeah well and now her husband has a uh, pickup truck so that makes it uh, and a motorcycle and i think they, time for a new house i've been saying that for the last couple of years and i think her husband's on board with it too but uh Oh, they got it pretty. She she likes living there because of convenience. It's close to everything. It's in a great, uh, great location, and it's just a couple minutes from the office. And um, you know, uh, they bought it in two thousand and twelve, I believe. I can't remember when when we worked together on that. I think it was nine years ago or so. So obviously compared to today's prices, they did quite well. And, um, you know, I mean, everybody has different intentions. It's a nice, nice semi-detached house. So um, I don't think they uh, are too much in a rush to move. But for me, well, you think about for me, when I bought my house, I was single. Yeah. I didn't need, well, technically I have four car parking. <laughs> Mine is a whole other. So for those is that one you have legal though? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Legal in what sense? Well, were you allowed to hardscape that portion of your? I mean, you basically have no lawn anymore. I do, and it's uh, it's a walkway. (laughs) Well, because if you see how I park, yes, I park sideways. And when I park sideways, really, I am not much more than the width of the garage. So, I mean, if there was no sidewalk, I could fit three cars in my driveway um, without having to park sideways. Yeah. But talk about doing due diligence. You know, when you buy a brand new home, um at that time when we had to sign on the agreements of purchase we did not know what side of the street the sidewalk was going on and because my property or my floor plan has the staggered garage that means one of and it's a full double car garage two separate garage doors and one of them is pushed further than the other and that helps create a great floor plan inside the home, opens up a nice flow inside the house. But unfortunately, it also means if you got the sidewalk that you got screwed with only having a one car parking lot and or yeah. one car driveway. And for a 2,600 square foot double car garage home, a one car driveway isn't exactly 
you know, selling feature, but, um, yeah. And for those people that are looking at new construction, the builder won't always tell you which side the sidewalk will be on, but the town will have usually have that information already. So maybe, maybe not depending on what stage they're being sold. Correct. But it's worth checking. A lot of developments are being sold before the, the town has even approved anything. Yeah. If you look that condo connect connect condo at the corner of 25 and dairy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going sideways. They're they're refunding deposit deposits and and there's a big hoopla over it because they couldn't get the proper, I don't know if it was proper zoning or. I whatever. saw them in there digging the other day. Are they? I don't know what they're digging, but I don't know. I'm not sure what's Anyways. happening. Uh, topics aside, uh, how's life, man? Life is good. Busy. Yeah. Just got back from my little. Trip up north. Looking forward to my next one. The end of, or about halfway through the twentieth of August, heading up again. Weather was decent. You're going up for another trip. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, twentieth to the twenty seventh. Oh, another week. That's nice. Yeah. What? I'm not allowed to have a couple of weeks of vacation. Jeez. Actually, last time I went up earlier than expected, which is nice. No, spent I spent a couple of days up there working, which is hard you, to do in a small place with kids. You don't own it. And you're gifted this time allotment. I was just surprised that you're able to take two weeks in August. Yeah, well, they're very accommodating. I guess they like us, and I we help or we help out around there a lot. I bought the a new pump a couple of years ago. I've had the septic pumped out a couple of times. I paid for the wood for their big uh, woodshed they built. I just built a, a, a new ramp into their shed which cost, I mean, the materials were a couple hundred bucks and I built it, which took half a day. Well, you spend there, you spend a couple of weeks there every year pretty well, right? Yeah. If you were to rent a cottage like that, it would probably be in the vicinity of two grand for the week. Yeah, maybe. So you're saving yourself four grand. So the fact that you spent $230 on getting a half a quart of wood delivered. Well, that's why I don't mind. (laughs) I'm happy to do it. And I, I, every time I go up, I message them. I'm like, what can I do this time? There's always little projects to work on. So you, all right, I'll get a little personal here. And if you don't want to answer it, it's okay. Can you hear this guy blowing this shit? No, I can't hear you. I don't know if you can pick it up, but yeah, he's going around. Young kid, seems nice. First time doing it here at the property though. Yeah. Um, you, a couple of months ago, you started your mission of looking for a cottage to purchase. You know where I'm going with this? Well, no, not necessarily, but I'm ask away. So now that you spent a week at your family's cottage, are you more inclined to invest in a cottage? Or I'm not going to say invest because that's where you get your Well, I mean, there's a degree of it. So am I, is that that the question? Whether or not I'm still inclined or more inclined to do it? Yeah. How are you feeling about buying a cottage right now? Uh, I'm not particularly interested in it. I mean, the thought of having one is nice, but I've, what I've found is a couple of things when I'm up there. um, I don't, I find it hard to work. I mean, it doesn't help that there's really no space for me to go to work. I mean, the kids might be outside and, 
but I, I don't want to. I, when I'm there, I like to, that's where I disconnect. I unwind. I, I want to spend time with the kids. I want to go swimming, sunbathe, drink, whatever. It, it's hard for me to get into my work mentality when I'm there. So uh, first of all, if I buy one, the reason to buy one is to spend more time there versus the two weeks that I typically am allowed to get at the cottage I go to. So, um, you know, I'm still in, in a mindset right now in the business that it, I, I want to put in a lot of time and hours and build the company, not spend excessive amounts of time at the cottage because I can't personally get that disconnect and I'm not as but, productive up there as I am here. But you are also saying that based on your family being all together during all those times where when you own it, well, if I owned it, Alicia would be there all summer. Really? I I beg to differ because, well, I mean, that's obviously her prerogative and you come to... Wait, you know out. my wife better than me? What, what are you not telling me here? Probably because uh, I don't think... I don't think you can be at the cottage, quote-unquote, all summer. You can go for a week, two weeks, then you get, you get antsy. You want to, you want to come home. Uh, the kids want their bed, their toys. They want to, they trust me. I've figured that out in the last four years. You, because you can come I, and go at any time. Right. So yeah, you don't I, I don't know. I think, I think they're different in that perspective because they just, I mean, aside from, I don't know. We'll see. Well, you take, I, we'll, you take you take a, you try and take it a little bit easier now on weekends, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not saying you don't work on weekends, but you try to take some time off finally, right? After yeah. 10 years of working seven days a week, uh, 70 hours a week, you finally taking a little bit of time uh, as am I. But let's just say your family is up there for the summer. Pretty nice for them to be up there for the summer, right? Uh, that's number one. Number two, why wouldn't you go on a Friday afternoon and come home on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon? And then still, so, and then while you're there, you know, whatever little work that you would have um, is still manageable. And then the times, like right now, my family's back at home. They were here for a few days and... I said, well, the weather is finally going to be nice for a couple of days. I got a lot of work, uh, but I can work from here. So, and like, I think we were talking about the other week, sometimes a little break from each other as a couple or a break from the kids to do work uh, is nice. Like last night, I opened a, a ball of wine and had a glass at the dock with my laptop, and I was working on some some new marketing uh, stuff for the team. So at home, I probably wouldn't have. I don't know. I don't know. I just find your reason kind of well. The, the, so that's part of it. The other, and I, I'm running a little short on time here, but uh, the other part of it is which I've not acted on. So that's. I mean, to a degree, it doesn't, it hasn't come to fruition. So I can't really use that. So I need to act on it. But that part is as much as, you know, it would be probably safe to assume the property would appreciate. So in the long run, it would generate 
income of some sort or be an asset. Um, It also costs you monthly and there's a cost of, um, cost of not putting that money into something else. And that's my concern is if I could, let's say take half a million dollars and buy a cottage versus taking half a million dollars and buying a $2 million, 10 unit building, uh, the $10 million or sorry, $2 million building is a far better investment because it's generating cash flow. It doesn't cost me any more money monthly. It's generating income. It's appreciating with the market. So in the long run, it's much, much better. And if you keep that for 30 years, then your family has a hundred thousand, maybe at that time, $200,000 annual income generated on a regular basis from the property. So for and me, buying a cottage. Well, for me, it's it's uh, you know at some point, yeah, at some point you do well, say, you, okay, well now listen, I've established. To, for those of you listening, because there's there's a lot of people in our uh, group of clients and our network and and people that we talk to on a regular basis, it's a conversation that comes up a lot in buying a cottage, buying a home with a pool, blah 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 blah. You look at your brother and your sister-in-law. They they buy. They've now got a couple of cottages, one they sold, the other one they rent, and it's an income property. So they're actually making money on it every year. Plus yeah, and if somebody to- wants to do that, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in Airbnb yeah. stuff. Anyway, I was just wondering where you're at with that. And if I'm going to get a cottage, uh, I'm going to have you as a cottage buddy anytime soon. Because uh, Twice of- a year for a week at a time, yes. And it's usually hey, it was wet. nice when I, I took the boat over to your dock last time and sat down, had a beer on the dock. Yes, yeah, so you didn't stay for the Spaducci, though. I was disappointed you didn't stay for some Spaducci. I've we'll been, do, we'll, we'll do Spaducci at some point this year. Because I know you love lamb and uh, it's one of my favorite things to grill up. Anyways, um, nice seeing you. Have a great week. Uh, and uh, for those of you that... Uh, have any feedback or comments on future episodes, please leave it in the comments below. That's it for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We will see you next week. Ciao.